You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share here significant and heartfelt messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face your challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Third installment of our series where we try to harmonize two opposing, seemingly opposing poles. But then in the end, you realize that they're not opposing after all. Goals and gratitude, talk one. Talk two was self-love and selflessness. And today we're going to talk about sacred and secular. Are you ready? Everybody say, I'm ready. You know, one day there was this guy who came up to me and, and he said, you know, after the feast, he said, Brother Bo, can you pray for me? Pray for my boss. I have a horrible boss. Are there people who can identify? Be sure to raise your hand only if the boss is not here. The guy said, you know, Brother Bo, my boss is horrible. He is a King Kong in a Barong Tagalog. And he said, he screams at everybody. He insults people. He humiliates people in public. And he will curse you from head to toe in six languages. And I said, man, that, that, that's scary. And then he said, that's not all. One day, my boss came to me. And he, he invited me to a prayer meeting. And of course, he was my King Kong boss. I mean, you can't say no to that, right? So I go. And so when I went there, you, I could not believe what I saw. I mean, he was there. You know what I found out, Bo? I found out he was an elder in that prayer group. And guess what? I just sat dumbfounded right there, sitting in my chair, looking at that guy, my boss, my monster boss, greeting everybody with a smile, (laughs) hugging people. And then when it was worship time, there he was, his eyes were closed, he was worshiping God. I mean, I say to myself, what in the world was this? You know, the first thing that came to my mind, Bo, werewolf. You know, werewolves, they're, 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 they're human beings by day, and then werewolves by night. My boss is reverse. He's a werewolf by day in the office, and then in the prayer meeting, he's a human being. And I said, wow. And he, can you just imagine, Bo, he's an elder in that prayer group. And I said, that's not the feast, right? No, no, that's not the feast. Yeah, you know, because everyone in the feast is sweet and nice and kind. In my dreams, I'm hallucinating, right? And he said, no, 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 it's, it's, it's another prayer group. Okay, okay, okay. And do you know why things like that happen? Ask me why. Louder. Because we divide what God has not divided. I believe this with all my heart. We, what, what happens if you, if you look at Scripture? I'm, I'm going to go through Luke chapter 12, verse 28 and 31. The religious leaders 
wanted to catch Jesus. And they would give him some trick questions to be able to catch him. And this is one of the trick questions. Let's read. A teacher of the law was there who heard the discussion. He saw that Jesus had given the Sadducees a good answer. So he came to him with a question. Which commandment is the most important of all? Can we read that together, please? Which commandment is the most important of all? At that time, there were the religious leaders knew that there were 613 laws, 248 do's, and 365 don'ts. And that there was these 10 commandments that were given by Moses. So they were thinking perhaps Jesus will pick one of the 613 or one of the 10 and, and hopefully there will be a fiery debate and then, and then they'll be able to catch Jesus saying something wrong. But Jesus gives a brilliant answer. In verse 29, Jesus replied, The most important one is this. Listen, Israel. Let's read together. Listen, Israel. The Lord our God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. What, what you see here, you know, if, if you were a Pharisee at that time and you were listening to Jesus and Jesus said, this is the most important of all. You know, I bet in my imagination, the Pharisee would say, whoa, he didn't pick one of the, the 613. He didn't even pick one out of the 10. He chose this. Whoa, this guy is good. You know why? Jesus picked the prayer that the Jew would pray Every single day, morning and evening, Shema Israel. He would, you know, and he just quoted that and he said, this is the most important thing of all. He, he got the very obvious and said, this is the most important commandment. But, everybody say but. Jesus kept talking. It's like he wasn't finished. He said, that's the most important thing. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind. With all your... And then he says, verse 31, the second, everybody say, the second most important commandment is this, together. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is no other commandment more important than these two. So Jesus first gives the most obvious, and he says, it's there in your prayer, morning and evening. You say this, listen, O Israel. The Lord is one God. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And he got something a little bit more obscure. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And, and he puts it together. The genius of Jesus is putting it together and say, They're one. You can't separate. You cannot divide these two. They are inseparable. Everybody say, both laws are inseparable. I think, you know, when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, when God became man, what happened was He sanctified everything. And everything becomes sacred because of Jesus. Can everybody say, everything is sacred? He sanctifies your breathing. He sanctifies our walking and our waking and our eating and our sleeping and our snoring and our peeing and our pooing and everything about us. He embraces our physicality. The, the doctrine of the incarnation is so powerful because of the fact that when Jesus came, He makes all of us 
and all our activities sacred. Every time I think, you know, when, when I said pee, peeing and pooping, it's like some of you were saying, huh? That's sacred? Yeah, that's sacred. St. Teresa of Avila is my favorite story about that. Are you familiar with that story? She was praying in the toilet, and then the devil appeared to her. And the devil said, mocked her. How dare you pray while doing that in the toilet? That's why I, I think she's really a saint, because if the devil appeared to me while I was doing something in the toilet, I'll never go to the toilet again for the rest of my life. But you know, St. Teresa of Avila, she just smiled and said, What leaves my lips goes to God. What leaves my butt goes to you. <laughs> Everything. Can everybody say, Everything is sacred. There is no separation between the sacred and the secular. The reason why you've got King Kong bosses in Barong Tagalogs, who they, they separate. They, they're, they're one person in church and another person in the office. You cannot do that because everybody say, God is here. When, when you are working, God is there. When you are in church, God is there. When you're at home, God is there. When you're in the toilet, God is there. Are you listening? This is the truth. You cannot say, I'm loving God and I'm loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength in church. But God said, Jesus says, no, you've got to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And you love that. And, and, and you love your neighbor everywhere you go. There's a, can everybody say this? Everything is worship. Everything is worship. The biggest crime, the biggest mistake of Christians, of Christians, is that we separate that which God did not separate. And what I, when, when I think about Jesus, I think about this. He lived for 33 years. And he did his ministry work only in the last three years. That's where he did all the preaching and all the proclamation and all the mission work and all the healing and all the raising of disciples in the last three years. What did he do in the first 30 years? He lived a regular life. When he was a toddler, I imagine him to be in the lap of Mama Mary. When he grew up a little bit bigger, he was running with his playmates. When he grew up a little bigger, his foster father, Joseph, taught him how to hold a hammer. A few years later, he had crushes on girls. And then he would have shish kebab with his friends. Think about it. The Son of God, the second person in the Trinity, the Almighty, the Alpha and Omega, the first and last, the beginning and the end, the one that, think about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, living an ordinary human life for 30 long years. Everybody say, God is here. God is right there. Everything is sacred. What Jesus did was He sanctified the ordinary. We think that God is present when we pray. 
but absent when we play. We think that God is present when we read the Bible, but absent when we read a business book. We think that God is present when we attend Mass, but absent when we watch a movie. Everybody say, that's a lie. Because God is present at every moment of our life if, what Audie was talking about, if you invite Him. Am I making sense to you? If you invite Him in every area of your life, He will be there. One woman came up to me and said, Brother Bo, can you pray for my husband? A lot of wives come up to me and ask for prayers for their husband. And I kind of like have this, you know, because of the many years that I do that, I, I kind of like know what I'm supposed to pray for. <laughs> you know, unfaithful husband is number one. Alcoholic husband, number two. But then she came up to me and said, Brother Bo, please pray for my husband. My husband is a prayer group leader. That's new. What do you want me to pray for? And she said, he has no time for us. Every night, he's in a ministry meeting. Every night, he's just, he has time for everybody. He has no time for me and my kids. And then when I tell him, when I tell him that, you have no time for your family, he will always say, God comes first. God comes first. God comes first. And then with a tear escaped her eye, and she, she said, Last night, Bo, my son, he came up to me and he said, Mom, why did God steal my dad away from me? And I told her, Tell your son, God did not steal his dad away from him. Tell your son, that your, his dad is just deaf. God has been telling your husband to go home. But this is what happens. Ask me what? To some religious leaders, they use God's work to escape God. God is a God who says, meet me in church, and we go to church. But God is also a God who says, meet me in your family. And some people escape still to church. God says, meet me in the office. And we don't do that. We escape to church. Are you getting what I'm saying? Every time I promote my financial seminar, for example, I teach the stock market, I would get nasty comments. And I'm used to it. It's there. In my Facebook account, comments of people, this is what they usually say. How dare you? You mix God and money. I don't answer because I think it's useless. If people like you, no explanation is needed. If people don't like you, no explanation is enough. Do you like me? Okay. <laughs> Just checking. But if I was going to answer, 
that comment. How dare you? You mix God and money. This is my answer. It is the call of every single disciple to mix God and money, to mix God and business, to mix God and marriage, to mix God and relationships, to mix God and recreation, to mix God and every single area of your life. My dear friends, if you will allow God to stay in church and you lock the door and you leave Him there, you're not a disciple. You are not a follower of Jesus. Your goal, my goal, my mission is to bring Jesus wherever and to say while watching a movie, God is here. While, while I'm paying my bills, God is here. While I'm in the office, God is here. While I'm in school, God is here. While I'm watching a movie, God is here. While I'm playing and, 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 and playing with my kids, God is here. While I'm laughing and, and eating pizza with my friends, God is here. God is here. God is here. That's the message. That's the mission. God is here. Can I invite you to stand up? Just, just want to end with one last thing. Matthew 27, verse 51. 50 to 51. Jesus. Hanging, in the hanging on the cross, about to die. And he's, he says his last cry. Jesus again gave a loud cry and breathed his last. And something happened. Then the curtain, everybody say that to me, the curtain hanging in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Read that again. Then the curtain hanging in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When Jesus died, the moment Jesus died, How far, Ronin, from Calvary to Holy of Holies? Very near. A few hundred. A few hundred meters. Four hundred meters. Ronin is the guy who, and Sahara, they, they bring us to. In Jerusalem and Holy Land, they... Let me explain what happened when Jesus died. Jesus died here in Calvary. 400 meters away was the temple. The temple of Jerusalem was large. The periphery of the temple, that's where the court of women are. That's where, I'm sorry, the court of the Gentiles. That's where non-Jews were. And, and they could only, they're the saling pusa. Okay? They, they, they were just there at the periphery. And then a little bit inside the temple is the court of women. That's where the women uh, would, would worship. And then inside further is the court of men, the Jewish men. And then further inside is the court of priests. And right there, smack in the middle, you call it the Holy of Holies. That's God's address. That's where God lived. And, and in that sacred, sacred, sacred place, they, they, they dared not go in. Except once a year, the high priest would go in. And he was, you know, it, it was this terrifying presence of God that if you would go, you might die. 
And so, because you might die, they tied ropes around you, the high priest, and they would put bells on his clothes. And, and what happened was he would there, go there once a year. Why the bells? Why the rope? Well, if, you know, the priests, the other priests will be outside the Holy of Holies and they'll be listening if there will be still the sound of the bells. Because the moment the bells stop sounding, they might say, oh no, he's dead. God killed him. And why the rope tied on, around his waist so they could pull him out, pull the body out. But when Jesus died on Calvary, right that moment, the Holy of Holies did not have a door. The Holy of Holies had a curtain, a very thick curtain from top to bottom. That curtain is a symbol of the division between the sacred and the secular. And the moment Jesus died, that curtain was torn from top to bottom. And Jesus is announcing, the Holy of Holies is now there in the human heart. You are the Holy of Holies. And everywhere you go, you can say, God is here. You can say, God is here in my family, in my marriage, in, with my kids, with my, with my work. Do you, do you want... God to be in your family. Every single day when you wake up, when you're serving your husband, you're serving your wife, you're serving your kids, serve God. I've been serving God in ministry for almost 40 years. How's that possible though? You look 30. Never mind. Just Almost 40 years. At the age of 32, I, I started serving when I was 12. Started preaching when I was 13. At the age of 32, I got married. When I got married, the day I got married, I made an internal switch. That my identity shall first of all be a husband and a father. And second only as leader and preacher. That switch was very important for me. And I was still very, very, very busy serving in ministry, but my family came first, always. And my son is now 12. My other son is now 18, celebrated his birthday last week. Both of them, I have never heard them say, Dad, you're too busy serving God. You have no time for us. Never. Never. And, and that's why I think both of them want to serve the Lord for the rest of their life. Do you want to prosper in your office, in your work, in your business, in your investments? Bring God there, please. You are not serving your boss. You are serving your God. You are not serving your customers. You are serving your God. When you do that, then you're bringing together the sacred and the second. Can I invite you to pray with me? Everybody say, Father in heaven, I thank you for being here. I invite you into my life. Every room, every dimension, every area, 
every activity of my life. Be King, be Lord. I want to follow you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray for His grace and His power and His love and His peace and His joy to flow more into your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcasts.